Week one is in the books, which means it's time to overreact to everything that has just happened and projected over a 17-game stretch, which is what we do every single season. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker. CJ is out tonight. We have a lot to talk about, particularly with last night with Bills at Jets. The game itself is a story, but... A franchise quarterback who is put, who is a future Hall of Famer is now out for the season. And joining us to cover all of these topics from week one, we have two Chris's in. We have Chris Kostich and Chris Hitu. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'll start with you, Kostich. Why don't you reintroduce yourself with some of to uh, some of our new listeners? Hi, I'm Chris Kostich. Uh, if you remember me from the past, I used to work with Adam in the Brockton Rocks. Uh, and since then, still have come back, still talking on the show, still interacting with the show. And still love what you guys are doing. I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. Chat? Yeah, so what's going on, everybody? Um, A.K.A. I mean, Chris, he too, otherwise known as Chet from Unabologetic with Chet and Duffy. We've been on a hiatus for some time, but we're hoping to bring back some more content for all you listeners out there to go ahead and tune into. Known Adam for a while now, been a guest on the show here and there. And then, of course, we work together. Who socks? So definitely look into it's sad because this is our last week there in Worcester. Season's finally coming to an end. Can't believe it. But, you know, looking forward to doing more work outside of the ballpark. And then, of course, you know, right here. Absolutely, man. And it really is sad to see that, to see it coming to an end. Um, and it's supposed to rain like all week. I don't know if you've seen, but I don't know we if may you get a couple of. Apparently Hurricane Ira might hit us. What's that? Yeah. Apparently Hurricane Ira might hit us. Like actually destroy. Yeah. Uh, so you guys fun. remember the, remember Sandy Hook or Sandy Hook. Sandy. Uh, Hur- yeah, Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy. I, I was thinking because they refer to the way that the hurricane moved. It was its left hook. That's that's what I was trying to refer yeah. to. But yeah. um, it sounds like one of the predictions that it's going to do something similar to that, but more in our area, I think. But yeah, wow, so that'll be nice. That? There's and a couple sinkholes over in Munster. Yeah, and the Savannah Bananas went to Brockton. I saw the. Yeah. I just saw the shirt you were wearing. Yeah, that was that was a cool experience. That was cool being there. It was a bit of a we- it was a bit weird production wise, but um, it was cool. And I mean, I wasn't on production; I was just on the scoreboard, which is cool enough. But yeah, yeah, it's cool something. Time. You worked the game yeah. for the Savannah Bananas. You get yeah. To- who would who would have thought that the Savannah Bananas would be in Brockton? Yeah, that's that's insane. Although the Brock the Rocks have have their own reputation. You know, they they brought in the Suns. Last year they had uh, they had the first woman in futures league history, which was something. Um, yeah, she was she was holding her own too. I mean, uh, I remember that first night she caught a kid looking at the knees. That was that was pretty funny. There you um, go. In general, they they were bad. Oh my god. All right. Well, we got an episode to cover, and we're going to start. We're going to cover the game itself, but 
a NFL legend and future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, has torn his Achilles. And it was just four plays into his Jets career in the regular season. Um, so right off the bat, this is just brutal news because the guy's 39. So it's likely that his career is over. And I don't think this is talked about very much. It probably will eventually. But this is the end of an era of an entire generation of tw- 2000s and 2010s quarterbacks um, in football. Now, there have been quarterbacks who have been retiring throughout, and people are saying, end of an era, end of an era. I'm like, guys, there's t- still like three quarterbacks left from that generation. This is officially it. Aaron Rodgers, uh, in brutal fashion, has just ended an entire generation that we grew up with of quarterbacks. And, I mean, it's it really is sad to think about. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want I don't to know think if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go that far with that. Yeah, I know like that he's already cool. shedding the tears for his funeral already when, you know, this just happened yesterday. I mean, it's kind of tough because this guy, he's been in the league since 2005 with Green Bay Packers. This is the first season he's really taken off and been like, I want to go and try something new. And I was excited. The whole league was excited for this. This is something that everybody and their mother was turning out to see. And especially for Monday Night Football, I knew I was watching this game. But I didn't think four snaps in that this would happen. To be honest, I looked at my brother and we both said, this is the most cursed franchise in NFL history. It really is. Like they get themselves, they go all out to put a lot of stock into making this trade happen with the Green Bay Packers. Trading multiple picks for this guy and it just results in him tearing his Achilles. They traded a first and fifth round pick for this season just to get him. So there was a lot put into this to really make this work, to put the Jets in a position to be a Super Bowl contender. And now that's all out the window. Yeah. And the Jets have always just been the besides those two years in the in the late two thousand late two thousands, early twenty tens, two thousand nine to two thousand ten, making back to back AFC championships. Besides that, they've been a laughing stock. And New York, like, you you can say what you want about the Jets, about the Giants. New York is a great sports market. And to have Rodgers become a Jet and potentially make football in New York relevant again, that would have been huge. And now that's all out the window. It's it's over. I mean, I, I hope he comes back and he's okay, but it's an Achilles tear and he's 39. Yeah, Schefter, yeah, Adam Schefter during the halftime show really point hammered down that he's old. Um, so that uh, definitely doesn't help, but I mean, we're we're in such a new age of sports medicine too that I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers comes back from this next year and he plays for another 2 years or something like that afterwards, but yeah, him being 39 isn't a very nice thing to look at, really. I sure hope he does. And I will say that the Achilles injury has become a lot less. It's obviously still a brutal injury either way, but it's been a lot less so in recent years. We're seeing a couple of players come back and have decent careers. I mean, uh, in, in, in the NBA, I know it's a different sport, but Kevin Durant is still kicking around. I thought it was over for him, and he was fine. I mean, when KD had his injury, had that injury, he was in his – that was what 20 yeah that was 2018 29 yeah 2019 yeah. yeah so i mean that 
he was in his 12th season. I mean, I feel like that one is a little bit different just because of KD's age compared to what we're talking about with Rodgers. And KD was still at the top. And the sport he's playing, too. And KD was still at the top of his game. He was still pretty much in his prime. And, I mean, granted, you could say that since then, he's kind of been on it a bit of a downslope, not, not even that much, but I mean, I think, yeah. I think that Rogers will still be able to come back from this and give us another, not, not us as in the Pats. Cause I hate I, the jets. I don't, I don't care about the jets, but same. I hope, I hope, I hope he is. I, I hope he does for, for the sake of the like, NFL. Yeah. I hope so. Like I just think new Aaron Rodgers on the Jets is so good for football. But yeah. it's just like it's an it's an Achilles tear and he's 39. And hey. those are just really hard to come back from. I mean, it's not like it's out of all the positions I feel like this is the one where you would have the best chance to come back from cuz you're you're throwing the football. Um sure some leg movement, but um it's a lot better than when a running back suffers this, I mean, that's, that's yeah. really over for him. And on top of that too, that's his, that's like the, that's the leg that he's driving off of as well too. That's the leg that, you know, he's a righty and he ended up doing that to his right leg. He needs that right leg to push off, to put any sort of power on the throw. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely say that that might have an effect on maybe the way he throws, what he puts on the ball. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see we'll see in 365 days. But I mean, I think the real story is at this point how the Jets are going to respond in the weeks coming, and are they going to ride out with Zach Wilson? Are they going to try to sign someone else? No, keep Zach Wilson. They can't do it. I, I I agree with you on that. They'll. I think that you should definitely keep Zach Wilson on this, but bring Brady out of retirement. No, no, no. I I saw those posts. I'm, I, I've seen it, and it's it just it. It's stupid. The guy retired already. And I would throw this rolling time. chair across the room if I heard Tom Brady is coming out of retirement. Like, no, thank you. That chapter is closed. It should have been closed a long time ago. That's all I'm gonna say. Tom Brady's collecting his AARP checks. Just leave him alone. It's not time for Aaron Rodgers just yet. I'm if he good. if he did though. And I agree. I disagree with it too. If he did, though, oh, there's no. And yes. he brought and he brought him back to contention. Oh my God! Would this guy be looked at as a as a god? As if he hasn't already. Holy <laughs> crap! And give it up. You saw his last year in Tampa. He don't have it no more. <laughs> and we right. just rolled out the welcome wagon for him in Gillette Stadium. So I mean, yeah. come and on. And then he comes back to the Jets, the that rival would... team. That would be. Oh uh... my God. All right. I want to get to the game itself, which was in itself a story. So, first of all, the Bills, right after right after Aaron Rodgers' injury, they jumped out, out to a 10-point lead. Then you had a comeback. The Jets, they held the Buffalo, the Buffalo offense to three points in the second half. Um, absolutely incredible performance, even with that egregious injury that they had to the team had to endure. That Jets defense is lethal, man. Uh, they come all the way back. Uh, Garrett Wilson with the one-handed touchdown catch. Uh, Bills managed to send it to overtime with the only three points they scored in the second half. In overtime, 
Uh, the Jets get the get the punt return. Um, Walk off win for the Jets. Unbelievable game for for them. But uh, Chris uh, Chris Kostich, I'll let you start off because I know you wanted to rip into the Bills. The floor is yours, man. Um, it's a recurring theme whenever I come on the show to point out Josh Allen's turnovers, and obviously it's come back to bite him. I mean, geez, you, and you, you throw this three picks to the same guy. I mean, you, you'd think that you would have stopped throwing it his way after the second one, but, I mean, there was just so, so many – that's been the problem with Josh Allen and never mind the turnovers, but trying to go for the deep shots when you don't really need to. Like the interception when he's trying to throw it to Diggs in double coverage. Like why are we – Diggs is an amazing receiver. I'm not throwing a jump ball to him in double coverage, though. In single coverage, fade ball all day. But I'm not – it's not like we're talking about Moss or Megatron here. We're talking about Diggs, who's not Megatron, not Moss. He's a great speed guy. He's got great physicals. But I'm not throwing him a jump ball. And granted, Diggs had an amazing night as well nine, 10 catches, whatever it was, almost had a hundred yards. He had an amazing game. Sauce Gardner had kind of a quiet night uh, covering him and whatnot. Um, I thought Josh Allen in general had an all right game besides the three picks there, but I feel like there was definitely a lot of times when he didn't, he seemed a little on edge in the pocket. Didn't seem too comfortable. Seemed like he had some happy feet. Um, granted the Jets defense, obviously you have to give them credit for that. They were really putting the pressure on them and forcing him to throw a lot of tight throws. Um, but on the Jets side, I would, I mean, obviously we were talking about the Rogers injury Jets defense. They're here to play. Um, Zach Wilson. I mean, he, he did all right. There was a lot of throws though, that were left to be desired. Like even the Garrett Wilson touchdown. I mean, that wasn't even that great of a ball. He, he threw it to the point where Wilson had to backhand the ball. I mean, if, if Wilson backhanded that ball and stuck it, that would have been sick. Oh, that would have been even better. That would have been, that would have been an even better catch. I mean, that Garrett Wilson touchdown too. like, Holy crap. That, that was, that was a work. That was just like painting a canvas right there. Oh my God. But, Garrett Wilson did have to like we we I hope we don't give any credit to Zach Wilson on that throw <laughs> no. because Garrett Wilson literally Garrett Wilson he literally had to play defense on that play and he's lucky that he was able to juggle it into his other hand for uh, for the touchdown otherwise it would have been the next down and they're just try- still trying to get in the end zone and that's the best case scenario. Exactly yeah. where the worst case is that ball's picked off and now now you're really not winning the game. Yeah, you know, and I mean something I wanted to add on the on the whole Josh Allen conversation. We always look at Josh Allen in this league as one of the top five quarterbacks. But one of the things I don't think I really looked at until last night was these turnover stats. Not only that, the overtime stats. Guy was zero four in overtime going into this. Now zero five as a result. But then. My buddy sent me this today. You take a look at the stats between him and Mac Jones and their last 10 regular season games. Both threw for over 2,300 yards. But Mac Jones, 14 TDs for five interceptions. Josh Allen, 17 for 11 interceptions. Both finished with a QB rating above 80 
Allen at an 85.4 and Mac at a 90.3. That is an interesting stat line right there to be said. And it kind of makes you wonder because the Bills, yeah, they've been so dominant in the AFC East and in the AFC as a whole. But when it comes down to the playoffs, where it's like where did all that production go that we saw all year? The Bengals mopped the floor with them last year in the divisional round and even the years before. Like, look at that year the Kansas City Chiefs torched them in the conference championship game. It kind of goes to show that, I mean, this Bills team, they've got talent. They have that talent there. That defense, it's rock solid. But at the end of the day, there's something missing. And I think it's the tuning with Josh Allen, maybe, in terms of the way he works with this offense. And I think the last point I wanted to make about the Jets in this one, holy crap, guys. I mean, four turnovers in one night. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt and was still in the game. I think this team would be the favorite in the AFC, potentially, the New York Jets, if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. However, we're not going to see that. I mean, there was a stat this morning saying there was a 75% chance that this team would make the playoffs with Rodgers starting. Now it's down to like 25% with Zach Wilson in. And to be honest, yeah, get hype, Zach Wilson. That was a great win last night, but to be honest, didn't really do too much. I think you got to thank Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall for really carrying all those touches for you at the end of the day. So pop the champagne, but next five weeks going to be tough based on their schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the vibe for Zach Wilson right now is you, you just got to do enough to do a job at this point. You know, you're, you're still a young quarterback. And the problem with him is that Zach Wilson is a guy that is used to making plays with his feet and making the ridiculous play that or doing the play that would be considered too much, but in college it would be enough to do a job or would be over the top and would be amazing. But in the NFL, it, it doesn't exactly work the way that way sometimes. And so I think Zach Wilson right now needs to kind of just get away from the fact that, you know, I, I'm a great athlete. I can throw the ball really deep. I make great plays sometimes, but a lot of the plays that he makes are really dumbfounded plays and he kind of just needs to just dumb it down and make it so that he doesn't really have to put so much pressure on his shoulders. He's got a great team around him. He's got great receivers, he's got a great run game. And right now the, and obviously this is going to have to go into play calling as well. They're going to have to really focus on that run game to try to set up the pass and make, make it easier for Zach Wilson to not make those dumbfounded plays. Yeah. And um, I think another takeaway from this matchup, just from the Jets side is just how, like in spite of Zach Wilson, just how lethal this team was in the first half of last year before Brees Hall got hurt because he looked like his, he kind of looked like his old self. He wasn't really a hundred percent. I know, we all look at that 83-yard 83 83-yard 83 run. I think if he's at 100%, he makes it to the end zone. No one's catching him. No. But, he but he's, he's pretty fast. Either way, when this team has a good running game, as good as it was last night and the first half of last season and the defense that it has, you don't need much from the quarterback. And we're really seeing how well – how how that team was actually better built than we thought it was um, that than we originally thought last year, the offensive line obviously still needs some work. 
the the quarterback position leaves a lot to the desired. All of that's true. But just by the defense and running running the ball scheme, I think we're forgetting just how effective they executed it last year. And if they stay stay healthy the full season, um, especially with how the the Bills played yesterday, maybe they will be in the mix. Maybe not for the division, but a wild card spot. Maybe maybe they're in the hunt. I don't know. I wouldn't write the Jets off just yet. I don't know. The division is kind of tough. Uh, I got to see where they are like halfway through the season before I can make that assessment. I don't know. It's just so tough. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm a little higher on the Jets after last night. I think last night was very encouraging. And I also think they have very good coaching. Robert Sala looks like a good coach. So, Um, hold on. You're talking about from where you started to where you are now before the game. You're higher on the Jets than you are before. Not higher than before. I mean, I'm higher on them on if they lost Aaron Rodgers than I would have been before. Like, I thought, lose Aaron Rodgers, it's over. Yeah. But now, Brees Hall looks like he's at or close to his old self. It's only week one. Um, Dalvin Cook is still there. He didn't have the best game, but we know what he's capable of. You still have Garrett Wilson, who makes who makes Zach Wilson look like a better quarterback. I mean, any other wide receiver, and that ball's picked off. So you know that's the that is the benefit of having your having your elite wide receivers. Um, and then Alan Lazard, I don't know. I think if this team stays healthy, how it is, knock on wood, yeah. they can still be competitive and hold their own in the yeah. AFC. Yeah, and I yeah, mean they could definitely. Oh, based sorry, on, you can go, Chris. Yeah, my bad. So based on the <laughs> schedule for them right now, it's not going to get any easier because, I mean, sure, they just had a tough division win, but next week they got to go to Dallas and play the Cowboys. Got two home games against the Pats and the Chiefs. Then they got the Broncos and the Eagles coming to town. So the Jets, it's not an easy schedule for them going forward. And Zach Wilson's really going to have to put a lot of work in the upcoming weeks into training camp and all that. And to be honest, I mean, even what they said about it last night, I feel like he having Aaron Rodgers be somebody that he's shadowing in the offseason and through training camp and OTAs and all that, I think that really helped in terms of last night's performance. But hopefully going forward, I mean, it probably would have been a lot better if he had a whole season under his belt. But, I mean, hey, you can never be too prepared in life, and especially in the life of football. You're right. Um, So the next four games, you have the Cowboys. That's going to be a tough one. The Patriots, yeah, that's, that's I would gonna, say that's that's going to be a tough one. I know the that's going to be the tough Patriots, regardless. I know it's the Patriots be- have had their number um, recently, but just looking at the teams right now, I give them a shot. Um, Chiefs, no shot. Well, hold on, Adam. Back to the Pats. I mean, I feel like that's just going to be an automatic L regardless for the, for Jets? the Jets. Yes. You look at the stats for Zach Wilson against the Patriots. Bill Belichick has awful. given him awful, awful. I think Belichick he's thrown at lives to be like a Jets killer. That's his thing. Yeah, Zach Wilson has like three interceptions per game against the Patriots. I swear it. I don't know what the stat is, but he, I don't know what it is. He's obviously Bill Belichick, his defense, but he's never played good against the Pats. I don't expect him to play good against the Pats again in the two matchups this year either. So I know. I, yeah. 
I know he has. I know he's had his number. I know he's had his number recently. Maybe he's due. He he has to break through at some point. I mean, I just think I just think the Jets and Patriots, top to bottom, on this just stacking up against each other. I think the Jets they've bet they've been able to put it together a little better than uh, than the Patriots when they've been at their full strength. Yeah, I I just don't you know we we're talking about that like you know when a guy or a team or a guys do but nothing at for Zach Wilson especially against the Patriots has shown me that he's due for a big game like that. We were talking about the Lions uh, before the show, right? You know, that's a team that has really been building up. They got an amazing head coach. They got a really good team. They were due to beat that Chiefs team on Thursday night. Zach Wilson hasn't really shown much to really show that he's due for a big game against the Patriots or a big game against, say, the Cowboys or the Chiefs. You know, this is – the Broncos, that's going to be a competitive game because that offense this past week was still kind of sputtering around. Defense still looks really good on the Broncos' side. But, you know, when you got really – I mean, Chiefs' defense has always been suspect at times as well. Granted, they're going to get Chris Jones back. They just signed him to an extension. But at the end of the day, you're this next stretch of games, they're going up against some really hard-nosed defenses – that are consistently top 10 defenses every year, every other year. Yeah. So I'm not going to advocate for Zach Wilson to be like, to light the world on fire against anybody. But if he just doesn't turn the ball over, just Zach Wilson for MVP, just not turn, just not turn the ball over and just let Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson do the work here then I think that's that's a better recipe for success than trying to put the ball in Zach Wilson hand, Wilson's hands and say, you win this game for us, especially with that offensive line. They're not going to leave him on his feet long enough. But if you leave it to kind of the short game, play a little dink and dunk and let the defense and the running game do the work, I think they can come out with a win against the Patriots, especially since, I mean, they, I like, I, they have some talent, that this Pats team, but – I don't. I just. You have no faith. You have. I no don't faith. have faith in the Patriots. I'm sorry. <laughs> How do you not have faith in the Patriots, dude? You're a Patriot. Oh I'm. I think their offensive line is not good enough, and they don't have a true number one wide receiver. It was and the reason why the O-line's O-line's teams. The reason why the O line was barely good this past week was because they were missing two of their starting linemen. And they're going up against the Eagles. Their line is. And they went up against the Eagles. I I know. I know. That, but that's one of I the best defensive lines in the league, right there. You got league. you got two got two Georgia products, man. Um, okay. I don't I don't like Riley Fletcher Cox. He's been the starting right tackle for the two of the last worst offensive lines in from the past two seasons in all of football, and the other guy is nothing to write home about it as well. And then Trent Brown. I like Trent Brown. I really think he could be a very good starting tackle. He's already done it before for the Patriots. Trash. He's trash. He's getting to the point where he can't stay healthy. Can't stay on the field for a full season. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I just don't have any faith in the offensive line. And where was this I, at the draft? Where was this when you guys had the number sixteen pick in the draft? You were not. Yeah, we used it to get a. What's his face? He won't be Christian Gonzalez right now. Yeah, it's number Christian seven, Gonzalez. number seventeen. But Christian Gonzalez can play, man. Also, I yeah, want. Also, I want a Jackson Smith and Jigba. 
I will let it be known for the record. I wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, th- I think they. I think they are. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. Like he's going to be awesome. Still got, I think the Pats still got some really good talent at uh, Booty and Demario Douglas, though. I think that those two are going to be really good. You saw some glimpses from Douglas. Obviously, Booty was able to get himself open, had a couple targets, didn't get any catches. But I think there's still promise, even looking at the preseason. You got to think that there's got to be some sort of promise and hope that they don't end up being like a Nikhil Harry bust, that they have one really good moment that ends up derailing your career. Yeah. And injuries. There's some talent there. Because that was the other thing with Harry was he was dealing with injuries prior to that Pats-Chiefs game that they got sold on. But that's that's neither here nor there. That's four years ago. I'm not – we don't need to talk about that. Dwelling on the first-round wide receiver who turned into a bust. That was a hard draft to miss on with wide receivers too. With all the guys who were picked, man – Makes me sick to my stomach to think we could have had A.J. Brown. I know. Oof. All right. I think this is a good time to say that we've kind of gone off topic and we should move on to the next segment. I agree. Um, so Bengals, they also had some troubles. Um, actually, a lot. That would be an understatement. Scored just three points on offense, and Joe Burrow didn't look like the uh, stud quarterback that they paid him to be. So that'll be next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and special guest Chris Kostich and Chris Hitu. Um, All right. So the Bengals, they had some good momentum going into this season. A lot of high expectations for them that they did not meet when they visited Cleveland this past Sunday. So Burrow alone. 14 for 31, 82 yards, no touchdowns. He didn't throw a pick, so he didn't turn the ball over. That's one thing. But playing in those wet conditions, you had the calf injury. I feel like if you are – either way, if you are a franchise quarterback, you at least – maybe you don't win the game, but at least you at least hold your own. You know, everyone has their bad days. Everybody. doesn't matter who you are. But I feel like if you have this bad of a day – Oh my lord, that is something. Especially if you you just can't. You need to learn how to. You need to be able to find some way to grip the football in the rain because some oh, of those throws tough. were absolutely ridiculous. Abysmal. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the football analysts were kind of assuming that Burrow wasn't going to have his 
best game anyways because, like you said, he's coming off the calf injury. He didn't really play a lot during the preseason. So they're coming into a spot where you don't really have a lot of time with your guys during training camp because you're nursing an injury. Then you're coming in against a Browns team that is still pretty tough. That's still an all-around pretty solid team that could also make a run at the playoffs. But I, I think it really just came down to preparation level and what I just said, you know, Burrow didn't have a ton of time preparing with his guys during training camp. Um, yeah. Oh, what a bad day for Burrow. Oh, man, it's sad to see. I can't believe what I was seeing yesterday. Miles Garrett doing crossover moves on the center and still beating him. <laughs> I can't believe it. Joe, Joey Burrow looked like a high school quarterback instead of the Joey Burrow that we know. No Joe, no Joe Shiesty. It's unbelievable. Uh, that was that was so tough when Miles Garrett did that, and then ah, and then so Jamar, tough. very quiet from him. Except after the game, where he still called the Browns the Elves, he still had things to say after the game. But hey, it's Jamar Chase; he'll say anything just to keep it going. He is petty as hell. I will say that. But <laughs> well, it's also it's the AFC North. It's the Black Air Force of the. It's the Black Air Force of the league. Of course it is, but they still have the nerve to keep talking like this. Nobody else in the division talks the way that the Bengals talk, and yet we always keep quiet. But they open their mouths, and then they lose like the way they do. No one complains until they say something, and then when we beat them, that's when we start to brag. That's why we always keep it respectful. We always keep it classy, and it's always physical on the field instead of off it. It was really funny to hear it, though. Just like because Jamar, Ch- I mean, he kind of ho- owned up to it, but then he kind of doubled down on it. He's like, "Yeah, I kind of feel like this kind of hurts a lot more." Because before this game, I called them elves, and we just lost to a bunch of elves. I just <laughs> thought that line alone was hilarious. Yeah, like it's like he was like he was owning up to it while doubling down at the exact same time. That man is something else. He just couldn't accept, hold that L, and he doubled down on the disrespect. It's okay. They're going to see them again, but it's like, wow. Yeah. I just hope they don't have anything crazy to say about us because we have to face them next week. Yeah. yeah. Chet, I know you you had something to say. Yeah, so I watched that whole game in its entirety, and that game was ugly. It really was. I mean, the Bengals had so many chances to really stay in it, and that offense just couldn't perform. I mean, finishing on the day for Joe Burrow, 14 for 31 for 82 yards. Sacked twice in the effort. And I mean, one of those came at the end of the game, but he was under pressure a lot of that game. A lot of targets all over the place to a lot of his top guys, and they just couldn't get the connection. I mean, Joe Mixon was probably the only true spark on that offense, and he only ran for 56 yards. That Browns defense, they looked really good. They looked really good. And I'm not going to overhype them because it is, in fact, the Browns. But what I am going to say people are overhyping is the fact these Bengals keep losing. And I'll tell you why. Because the last two seasons, this team has always been in a very dramatic position to start off the year. Look at last year. Started at 2-3. and three, Ended up winning eight straight at the end of the season to go on to win the AFC North. Granted, I will say one thing about them with the Ravens. I think if Lamar Jackson was playing in that postseason game or in that Week 17 game, I think the Ravens would be the division champs. Or, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. <laughs> not crazy. I knew it. I knew it. Adam, 
thinks I'm crazy for thinking this because no. we were in that game. Me and CJ far. have been gaslighting him for months about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you, you, hey, hey, you can get, you can take that straight jacket off the rack or whatever. You don't have to get in it anymore because you're not. I'm right. on to something here. But the thing is, Bengals, they've won the North title the last two years in a row. They have proven that they are in this dance, that Joe Burrow just needs time to get in sync with his offense. This is like looking back at all the other talented teams, one of them, the New England Patriots. There was many seasons that Tom Brady and that team would go out onto the field, and I think the biggest one was when they went to Kansas City, got smoked 42-14, to and then played Cincinnati the next week and smoked them. So my thing is this. Don't write off the Bengals just yet. This is was deemed to be an ugly game based on the weather and the fact that Joe Burrow had that calf injury, had a lot coming out of the preseason since he didn't really play in it at all. Give this team time. Don't give up on them yet. This is going to be a much more competitive North this year considering Lamar actually wants to play now. But there's a lot at stake this year. It's going to be tougher, but Bengals, don't panic. Overreaction. Yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm glad you – pointed out like the past especially last season i remember being on this podcast last year right when the Bengals were two and three and they were dealing with a new old line and i remember saying you know they just need a little bit more time to build that chemistry and that's probably what they're trying to do right now is try to regain that chemistry that they lost with losing burrow for the last however many weeks of training camp in the preseason so I think it's just going to be a chemistry thing at this point, like we saw with last year. Once you finally get that mold, then the Bengals are really going to be getting going. And like you said with the Pats, us Pats fans know all too well. they The Pats never had a great first four weeks of the season, but they always came out with a 14-2, 13-3, 12-4 at the end of the day. And it's always proven that second-half teams in the NFL are always the ones that prevail. I mean, we saw it with, like, the Arizona Cardinals a couple of years ago. That team was filthy, and then all of a sudden, just they sucked out of nowhere. So it's one of those things. These teams know how it's done. They get through all the blues in the beginning, and then they figure it all out come the second half. And that was the biggest thing with the Jets last season. That's why they got Aaron Rodgers was because the Jets lost their last six games of the season last year, <laughs> and they – and they didn't think that Zach Wilson was going to be the guy. So they went and got Rodgers because they wanted a guy that was going to be able to perform in the in that last stretch and get them over the hump to the playoffs. That they, that last little push that they were looking for. Yeah. I think yeah. I definitely think things are going to wind up being okay for the Bengals. I really do. Um everything I have said so far this segment. Is, I'm just watching talk up there. <laughs> just shaking his head and being like, nah, nah. <laughs> because, because even if things are okay for the Bengals with talk, he's still saying they're not and that the that the Ravens are better. So there, no credibility. <laughs> there. No. One let, on Sunday. The Get other that straight jacket back on. Tuck, let's be real, man. That's all I'm saying. Tuck, let's be real, man. The Ravens are just going to have the same thing happen as last year, and J.K. Dobbins is the – is the beginning of it. I know we're gonna get hobble into the playoffs and losing. I want to see y'all are gonna y'all are gonna have a ridiculous amount of injuries, especially in the secondary. Per Not usual, Lamar's not- just gonna be like, "Oh damn, I'm hurt again. Pay me more." Actually, the amount contract wasn't enough. He's paid. We're not worried about it. He's paid now. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. All I'm saying when I yeah, mention when I'm critical about this Bengals team is that they should they're more talented and they should come out a lot stronger than they do. I understand like you the best football you want to be playing is at the end because that's when the postseason is. But every regular season game counts. And if they won a couple more games earlier on in the season last year, they wouldn't be visiting Kansas City. And that whole neutral grounds BS would not have been a thing because the Bengals would have already had the number one seed. That team really really hit their stride at the end of the season. But if they didn't, if they didn't struggle so much out of the gates last year, then they probably, they, things would have gone a lot better for them um, in the second half of the season. Now, I don't think it was the games that really hurt them last year. I think it was the depth on the offensive line. They started that offensive line started to hit its stride, but then they all got hurt and they didn't have much in terms of backups to really back to really fill in. And that's what killed them. When you get when you get sacked five times against the Chiefs, you're not winning that game. You're not outpacing Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey on the other end, who's staying upright behind that elite offensive line. Oh, that's hey, it is what it is. It's unfortunate as it is, but hey, if only they won when they were supposed to at the beginning of the season, we wouldn't be having these conversations. Maybe if they did be Baltimore and Baltimore, they would be having. But hey, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, according to you, the Ravens are supposed to be division division champs every year. How's that been working out, though? We're healthy. I, I, when we're healthy, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Dobbins Dobbins is gone. You lost, you lost your starting left tackle. You you lost your starting we're left tackle for at least a week. Mark Andrews didn't play. Marlon Humphrey didn't play, and we still were able to win that game. And you we're healthy, the apparently. Texans. You played the Texans. A win is a win, and they and Cincinnati played the Browns. Are we signing our praises for the and Browns? And the Browns are be- much better than the Texans. I the don't Browns know. could actually make a run at the playoffs. The Texans are probably going to be battling for the one seed again, or the one number one, pick the number again. one pick. Yeah, can they get it for the number one pick? Probably, they probably will. You think that CJ Stroud's going like to be the, 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 the end-all, be-all answer to get them to the Super Bowl right now? This no, I, year? I just, no. I just think the Cardinals are going to be worse than the Texans. I can Probably. agree with that. I could. I could. And they don't have to so go to now, Even with Kyler Murray, it makes no sense. But, you know, this is this is where we are. I just All wish right. to stay healthy for a week without winning <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we've got, we've got to move on to our next topic. We can give Tuck a break with from the AFC North and the eventual AFC champion in the Bengals. Why do um, we have to? But, but, <laughs> All right, we go from one struggling team to another that is even struggling even more in the New York Giants, getting crushed by their division rivals. We're going to cover that game next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football, they're saying it's a catch. Touchdown! Unbelievable! 
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, special guests, Chris Kostich and Chris Hitu. All right, so we went and talked about one struggling team in the AFC. Now we're heading to the NFC. And trust me when I say this is much worse. So the Giants were destroyed by the visiting Cowboys coming into MetLife. 40 to nothing. A 40-burger with a goose egg on your end. Daniel Jones, your $160 million quarterback, went 15 for 28, 104 yards, two interceptions. The offense as a whole had three turnovers. And on top of that, that's not the worst part. That offensive line that they have invested so much in, in terms of assets, through free agency, through first-round picks, seven sacks allowed. Now, granted, that Cowboys defense is actually pretty lethal, especially up front. But if you invest what you do, you at least hold your own on that on that end. So, guys, how are we feeling about this contract? How are we feeling about the about the Giants as a whole? What are you guys thinking? That contract always made me sick. It turned. It basically turned into exactly what I thought it would be. It's just. Fugazi, it's bullshit. It's basically all the above that you could think of in terms of what you've paid this man to do. And right away, out of the gate, the Giants get the worst loss in franchise history to start opening week. The Cowboys get the best opening win in franchise history. What we saw from the Cowboys the other night, to be honest, it could be an overreaction, but this team might be legit this year. They oh no! Themselves a chance, but the only oh. thing is, I say this with a grain of salt. Oh. I hate it because if they do do well, we're never going to hear the end of it. No, never going to no. hear the end of it. The Cowboys fans are going to come out of the woodwork, being like, "Oh, hey, there's my team again." Or not only that, I mean, they're probably one of. I think by far, they're probably one of the most annoying fan bases out there. They are just horrible to hear about. But to be honest, I liked what I saw from the run game. The pass game, the defense, that's going to be a top 10 defense this year, the Dallas Cowboys. They just look a lot better, at least from what I saw in 2022. I think 2023 will bring some more. However, they still got a lot more to prove. But I think starting it off by crushing these Giants, having seven sacks on Daniel Jones, and basically just manhandling the whole night. They went into MetLife and made it their stadium. So – that's a great sign right out of the gate. I like what Dallas has, and right now I'm buying in. You hear that, Tuck? Yeah, I, I, I hear it. I just I'm not buying it. I that's why did they? Why did the Giants have to look so bad? And, uh, no, I can, no, no, <laughs> no, I, no. I love As getting those, this kid riled up. Back, those two horrendous interceptions, and the Cowboys lose. By three points. Can we just fast forward to that when we can blame Dak Prescott for a loss? I don't need this right now. 40 to nothing. They, oh my God, they look like the 90s Cowboys. And we're far away away from that. No. Yeah, I, I can, think oh, I think if we brother. cut this, I think if we cut these points down in half and it was a 20 nothing win, we wouldn't be talking about this game right now. Like but obviously. Please. I think Chris makes a good point that this was a huge statement win for the Cowboys. I mean, if we're, like I said, if we're talking that this was a 20 nothing win, then 
we're having a different conversation. This isn't much of a statement win. This is just a good win for the Cowboys against the division rival, right? Whereas now you you whoop the Giants on their home turf, 40-0, and basically made the Giants look helpless the entire game. Seven sacks, like you said. I think they'll definitely make a run like they usually do, but they're not going to make a deep run. I mean, if anything, they'll probably make it to the divisional round just to get knocked out by the Niners again. But that's my, that's my prediction. Mark it down. Niners over Cowboys divisional round. If that happens again, then I life is just a giant simulation. It'll be, Um, it'll be in San Fran though, not in Dallas. Also with the Cowboys being the most annoying fan base, I think I can do you one better with the Eagles. I think they are much worse. At least the Cowboys have a, have a pass to talk up. Oh, the well, Eagles don't have just wait they, till they, they win. Have nothing. Just wait till they win, then you won't want to hear it. But they <laughs> have no, you wanna no, you wanna you wanna hear the stat that says the Eagles will never win. No other quarterback, so no other quarterback besides John Elway, when they make it at, when they lose their first Super Bowl in their second year, and you could say the same thing about Joe Burrow too. Yeah, no other quarterback when they go to the Super Bowl and they lose the first one. No other quarterback besides John Elway has gone out and won another. It's a pretty crazy curse right there. Burrow's going to yeah. break it. But I hope, um, I hope Burrow breaks it. I, I hope he, he, Burrow, Burrow deserves a Super Bowl. Not for Cincinnati. Not for, not for Cincinnati. <laughs> nice try there. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, you know what Eagles fans remind me of? You know that one scene? It's like It's like that video game scene for star Wars battlefront where you got the two stormtroopers walking in the forest at, uh, on Endor. Then the Ewoks come in and they're all like, they're all that's, that's what it feels like being a visiting fan at the Eagles stadium. They're just that bad. I, I, I can't stand Eagles fans. It's just, I don't know. Maybe just the Cowboys just haven't even, maybe the Cowboys just haven't even had reason to be annoying, so that's why they haven't been. But Eagles fans don't stop talking, and they don't have anything to talk about. They it's the worst thing goal. ever, especially with that whole with that whole debacle in 2017. I mean, I'm sorry, but if if Malcolm Butler plays in that game, you're not winning it. Oh my! Let it go. Let it go. That's the only reason you don't like Eagles. They also, I also want to point out, they allowed a touchdown for Miles Sanders when he clearly did not catch the ball. Yeah. That's six points yeah. right there that you can take away. Patriots also, win the Super Bowl there. Also, the Corey Clement touchdown, the one where the, he catches it. Two touchdowns, the, yeah. Two touchdowns that were not catches, that were ruled catches. Back of the end zone. They were clearly did not have a did not have a. They were not catches. They you were can't catches. tell me that when you're bobbling the ball, that's a catch. No, and it's still crazy to me that Brady throws for over 500 yards and we lose the Super Bowl. Made he no also sense. fumbled in the end to make the score an eight-score game. But yeah. we we don't talk about those things. One of, oh one no! Of the trust me, I remember that. That left. really pissed me off in that moment because we he turned, he yep. didn't even throw a pick and in that game. And that's, and that's Brady's he fault. That he fumbled. Blame the old line. Yeah. One of the moment. biggest defensive letdowns in the Belichick era, right? Like you were in the biggest game of your of one of the biggest games of your life because obviously he's won freaking seven Super Bowls, eight actually, but like. You how do you in in the biggest game you allow forty one points to Nick Foles 
and you didn't start your number two corner? What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. And on top of that, I need to know what happened. They didn't even put Stephon Gilmore on Alshon Jeffrey in the beginning of the game. They put Eric Rowe on him, who cooked him in the first. Has nothing. This has nothing to do with the Eagles. I'm gonna die. Exactly. You need to let him know. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, because I mean, I nothing. Kind of wanted to touch base, I guess, back, like back to like the matchup and everything. I mean, with the Giants, kind of looking at their schedule, they got a game next week against the Cardinals. But honestly, you might as well give them that win and then give them the next few losses after, because then you got to go to San Francisco. You got to come home and play the Seahawks. Then you got to go to Miami and play the Dolphins and Buffalo to play the Bills, as well as a division rivalry matchup against the Commanders. Right now, to be honest, I feel like the odds for the Giants to do anything in the first five to six weeks are stacked against them, really, at this point. I just think right now, based on what we saw from week one and the way Daniel Jones performed against the Dallas Cowboys, I really don't know if it'll get any better. It could be close in a couple of these games. I don't want to write them off just yet. I feel like they would have a chance in perhaps the Miami game and the Seahawks game, maybe even the Commanders. But for the most part, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like what they've got. I wouldn't completely throw away that Seahawks game just yet. I mean, they're also coming off of a pretty bad loss to the Rams in a game they probably should have won. I mean, mean, Seahawks are a good team, don't get me wrong, but – you could still make the case that the Giants are going to make it a game regardless against the Seahawks. They're, Seahawks, I think, are definitely the better team. Don't get me wrong. But I think that we're this one game, we're kind of lowering the Giants just a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would I would pump the brakes a little bit on the Daniel Jones criticism. Obviously, I don't believe he deserves to be as paid as much as he was. However... Any quarterback who is sacked seven times, no one like no one in this league is going to perform well if there's there's they're sacked seven times. Like that's just that's it's unheard of to overcome that because Joe any Barrow. quarterback who's able that's yeah, he one, was, game. He was able, <laughs> one game. One game. He was sacked. <laughs> there's an exception to every rule, and Bur- Burrow was able to overcome it, but. Multiple games, multiple playoff games, by the way. A couple of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. That's an anomaly. I still can't believe he pulled that off. He was yeah, sacked yeah, nine times yeah. against the Titans. But, like, the point still stands. I mean, it's still extremely hard to still yeah. perform well when you can't even stay on your own two feet, especially with what this offensive line has been. I mean, the Giants have invested in it a lot in recent years. And this is what you have to show for it? I don't care if it's the cow if it's the Cowboys front seven. You don't allow seven sacks. Maybe you allow three on a bad day, four, but seven. Yeah. For an offensive line with the expectations that they have, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, Daniel Jones, like you said, seven sacks obviously unheard of, and you can throw the blame to Daniel Jones all you want, but at the end of the day, the line sold, the defense sold, everyone sold. It's 40 and nothing, that's not just on the quarterback. That's on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's a combined team effort. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like kind of going back towards Dallas, too, to kind of look at them, I want to see a little bit more of that pass game because I feel like we didn't really get to see a lot that night. I mean, granted, it was a team effort. You got it from the special teams, from 
your defense mostly. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you take a look at what Prescott put up 13 for 24 for only 143 yards. I mean, I feel like we will see more of that pass game as time goes on. Pollard had himself a solid night with two TDs on the ground, but I just want to see a little bit more because I feel like that's one of the one things we're missing to kind of confirm if Dallas can make a deep run this year. Yeah, and we'll we'll definitely see more passing. Just that night, Sunday night was just one of those nights where, like you said, it's full team. Take effort. Back you, don't, you don't, yeah, you don't need Dak Prescott to yeah. throw for three hundred yards and go twenty for forty or thirty-one or. How, yeah. Have unless we're playing Madden, then that's a yeah. Unless we're playing Madden, yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep doing it because you're just, just playing with your buddies. Put it on, just keep, just keep putting it on. Yeah. yeah, but like it's kind of that's a game flow thing. Like if you if your team has already put oh, yeah. up 40 points, you don't need Prescott to throw that much, and he has already thrown for 40 plus touchdowns in a year. Mm. So yeah, and plus, like when you go up 20 nothing, you're already thinking about just running as much clock off in general and just trying to get to the end of the game at that point. You know, you're not really thinking about, Oh, how much, how can we put on more points? I mean, granted it's their divisional rival. So obviously they're like, they're probably thinking, Oh, let's beat the hell out of them. But at the same time, you just want to get the hell out of there because the game at that point is, is nothing. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they put it back together, but la- yesterday did not look uh, – or this past Sunday did not look good at all for them. Um, I do want to move on, though. We have our last segment, which is the fan box. So a lot of overreactions we've had from this episode alone. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Give us your best overreactions. Be as irrational as possible. We got some good answers here, to say the least. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Back to the Fumble Ruski podcast. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, special guests Chris Kostich and Chris Hitu. We welcome you to the fan box portion of our show where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more for a chance to get a shout out on our podcast and on the Instagram page. So the question of the week was wasn't really a question, it was a demand. Give us your best overreactions from this season this is the best part of the regular season it's week one and you just want you're just looking for some sort of impression on how this season is going to go and what better of a way to just be irrational than week one so we got for our first response we have jack hartman i liked this one because it's a real overreaction lions walking into the super bowl no stopping them Walking the best wow. NFC teams looked bad in week one. That the second part yeah. isn't really an overreaction. They looked bad. Um, but the Lions walking into the Super Bowl, man. 
if they they're not walking in. That's that's just not happening. No, but no. I could see them going Jameson to the NFC Williams Championship, and he looks like what he can be. Then I can see that team being the favorite in the NFC. They they have a lot of good things going with them. <clears> I can see them going to the run. NFC Championship, but I don't know about a Super Bowl run. Well, let's um, also think about that statement. This is the Detroit Lions we're talking about. Historically known as one of the worst franchises, one of the most cursed franchises in all of football. This team hasn't been to a championship game since the 1950s. So you mean to sit here and tell me that after one game when Travis Kelsey didn't even play and everybody's dropping the ball in the first week for a great NFL team that just won the Super Bowl to say they're walking in? It's a good overreaction. I like it. I do like the take. I love the Detroit Lions personally, but at the end of the day, Pump the brakes. That's oh, a great yeah. overreaction right there. You want to see you want to see this one? Nate yeah. Sloat said, Are the Cleveland Browns the best team in the AFC North? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Super Listen. Bowl bound, baby. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not they're not better than the Ravens in there. I don't think they're better than the Steelers, despite what happened again, uh, despite what happened. And they're not better than Cincinnati. It was just a bad game, a bad day with bad weather and just bad play from Joe Burrow. That's it. They're not. Browns had to play in the same weather. They might be the worst in the division. They're they're more likely the worst. Pittsburgh is the worst in the division. No. Yeah. Maybe the the worst. Browns and Browns and Ravens are right there with each other. Let's be real. You want to hear this one? This one's going to be a good one. You're saying Uh, that because we're injured. Owen Van Slack said Bengals are the worst team in the AFC North. <laughs> no, uh, they're not. That also makes sense. That's, no, not. that's even worse than the last that's one. A very hot overreaction, but no, they're yeah. not the worst. Um, all right. John Warren said Saints are going deep this year. Um <laughs> what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, uh, I understand I get, that 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 has a lot of meaning to it. Like in the NFC South or like in the playoffs? Like how deep are we talking here? He didn't specify, but deep, I guess that means they have a deep playoff run. But I mean, if they're good, then that means they have the NFC South by default. So if they they turn out to be as good as they are. Their schedule's not too crazy. And to be honest, I think I saw this the other day that they actually have one of the easiest schedules in the league. So to say that they're going deep, I wouldn't say that that's a crazy overreaction right there. I'd say that's it's a pretty. He's got his eyes on the prize right there. there. I think Derek Carr looked pretty decent coming back, and even Michael Thomas finally, finally starting to look like he can play football after three years of being on hiatus. So we'll see. I think this. I, I like what we see. I want to see what happens when Kamara comes back out of suspension. What's their yeah. What's their next uh, five six games looking like? They're playing Carolina and Packers on the road. Then they come home and play the Bucs. Then they go and play the Patriots and the Texans on the road. All right. Um, John War- So John Warren also said Rams make the playoffs. It's possible. If they get cut back, it. yes. All Which right. they will. He's only going to be out for another three, four, four weeks, weeks, I think. Yeah. Because he's on IR. Yeah. All right. We have time for one more. Uh, Chris, cost it. 
you had one response. I'll let yeah. you use it. Uh, Steelers are going sub 500. That's a, that's an overreaction. You think that's it's all an under- I can, Okay. I kind of just threw that out there. But that's let's, because let's be real. Mike Tomlin has never had a uh, season. Yeah, he's never had a losing season. But this could definitely, with the way the AFC North is, like this is this is peak AFC North right now. I would say, yeah. and it's definitely possible that the Steelers go sub five hundred. Um, Unless week look at one was a joke from Cleveland, they're just going to brown like they always do. Yeah, let's take a look at the Steelers' schedule. Their next few games here too. So they got the Browns on Monday night next week, mm-hmm. and then they got the. Excuse me. They got the Raiders right after that. Mm-hmm. So Browns, Raiders, Texans, Ravens, Rams, Jaguars. That's their next six games. So top point. They could def yeah, they could definitely get themselves to three and three, maybe. But I mean the you gotta expect them to possibly win against the Raiders. Definitely probably gonna get a win against for the a Texans. Sec. I'll be right back. Okay. I think they'll get a win against the Browns. Yeah, I think that they could definitely when it gets the Browns, that's definitely going to be one of those it could go either way games. Ravens, Steelers, Ravens are probably going to take that game most likely. Steelers, Rams, I, I'm going to lean Rams. Jaguars, Steelers, I don't think that really needs an answer. Okay. Well, yeah. so, while Adam's gone, I actually got an overreaction statement that like I can just throw out there. Let me hear it. This is the year. That the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> you, don't mean that. you don't mean that. I'm glad you said it when Adam is gone. Because he's been trying to tell me for years that they've been Super Bowl contenders. Because he always has them going to the NFC Championship. And they never make it. <laughs> Not once. I, and you think this year's going to be any different? I mean, that's the thing. Throwing it out there, I'm throwing it out there that it's a possibility. A lot of people are kind of hyping it right now. And, like, to be honest, I always do the same thing where I kind of buy into that hype. But every year, the Cowboys do the same thing the Cowboys always do. They just choke. And I, just, I don't know I why, know. but they just do. I, I think that this well, there year – I think that this year could definitely be a year that they make it to the NFC Championship. But yeah. Super every Bowl, year – I just threw out an overreaction. Adam, I said that this is the year that the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. Yeah, and I know Tuck hates it too, so it's even. He better. said that already. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I know my co-host very well. Um, actually, I'll give you. I'll give you one more that um, Nick Norman gave. Giants are back at the bottom of the league. I don't think they'll be at the bottom. I don't think that'll happen. No. But if it does, damn. Damn. That really says a lot about the franchise. Yeah. I think that I think they'll still end up being third in the division. I don't know about at least worse than league. Yeah, I don't think worse but, than the league. If anything, I mean the commanders look pretty good, right? Yeah, now. commander I was I was just about to say, if anything, the it's going to be like a close third with the commanders right on their tail, or maybe it's the other way around and the commanders somehow sneaking to that third spot and the giants are like right there. Who knows? The whole NFC East could potentially be making a push for the playoffs, just like the AFC East. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, All right. I'll give you no, no more. Cause jets 
Sorry, Jets fans. I'll give you <laughs> one more, and then that's it. Uh, Nick Mazalik said 49ers are the best team in the league. It's not really an overreaction. It's not really an overreaction. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty based statement, not going to lie. I mean, you could have made that statement last year. You have a really. – g- give us one more. That one was like – Yeah, that's more. not an overreaction. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. I thought it might have been a little bit because oh, yeah, they, they beat up on they beat up on a bad team or mm-hmm. you know the Pittsburgh Steelers who are maybe they're bad right now they're they're a young Purdy team. Purdy looks really good, especially after coming off that injury. Um, but I think right. I think it's also the sense of the way that the Niners beat up on the Steelers too. You know, yeah. the up until the two minute mark of the second quarter, I think the Steelers only had like one offensive yard. Yeah. I have, t- I have two, and I'll give you them both at once because they both have something to do with the same game. Daniel Jones will be benched by week six, said by Grayson Mortimer. And here's, here's one that's way, way the hell out there. Patrick Williver, can you tell he's a Cowboys fan, says Cowboys going to have 17 straight shutouts. What? There's a reason I wasn't going <laughs> to Like, what is this guy on? Does he think this There's is a reason I wasn't going to mention that one. That's the most elite defense of all time that they don't let up a single regular season point. He doesn't know. That, that is just – yeah, that's a meme. That is definitely not true. The Daniel Jones one, though, I don't think that's going to happen by any means. But if it does, it will really prove that this team should not have thrown in that much money to begin with. I mean, even I think you got to have the insinuation that Daniel Jones is your $160 million quarterback. You're not just going to bench him right out of the blue. I mean, he had a pretty decent season last year and, you know, we're talking about one bad game. We're, We're just talking about it being a really bad team loss. You know, it, Seven sacks isn't on Daniel Jones. Right, which is why I think this is a really good overreaction. Yeah, letting up 40 points is not on Daniel Jones. Like, Yeah, that's the defense. And then the fact that you can't stay on your feet, that's not your fault. Right. So, you know, but if he does get get benched at some point halfway through the year, then – like that would mean that he plays that bad in that they're like, we need to get our we need to get this quarterback out of here. I don't care how much money he's being made, which is which would be atrocious. Who's um, even their backup? That would be don't freaking know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know off the top of my head. But if he plays exactly. that if he oh, plays Tyra that Taylor. bad and they keep him in there, then that might send all the wrong messages to the team. Because then they're like, we we need we need they need to do some sort of change in direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, it's like, not Taylor. Oh, they have a shot. Why is he not starting now? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, they have a shot. <laughs> well, let's be real. Tyrod Taylor, if he goes in, is just going to play two games and then get drastically injured and miss the rest of the year. Like that's two more wins than they would have had with Daniel Jones. Well, at least they won't have the have a situation like he was with like he had with the Chargers where he was he he was out for the year because the training staff punctured his lung on accident. <laughs> remember that? No. Uh, I don't. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's you guys don't remember that? Punctured his lung? That's yeah. how Justin Herbert Doing got what? to start. What how the hell did he possibly do that? 
I he had, I, but he, he uh, I no, I remember he broke a rib or two in that game, and when the medical staff was trying to fix him up, they accidentally punctured his lung. Yeah, sounds like yeah, Urban that was happened. paying him off or something. Like, uh, maybe screwed up. That that that, that guy what should a, not be on the staff anymore for that. That's screwed what up. A, what an unlucky quarterback Tyrod Taylor is. Oh my lord! I mean, yeah. for first you have him basically being the uh the transition quarterback to Josh Allen and then yeah sent him to Cleveland he gets hurt in week two Baker Mayfield takes over and obviously we know what happened with Baker Mayfield he goes to the Chargers and the punctured lung happens and now you got Justin Herbert and now you're backing up Daniel friggin Jones <laughs> Crazy. Such an unlucky career, especially right after all of this being after he was partially responsible for their fir- the Bills' first playoff appearance in like 20 years. He was good with was, the Bills. Yeah, he, was he was good. good. Remember that his first year was really good. You remember yeah, that? Him and, him and Shady McCoy was like a perfect setup there. Yeah, that was awesome. Then you had Sammy Watkins, like good Sammy Watkins, like the one before he got his, he hurt his foot and was a shell of himself after. That was that was something, man. Yeah. All right. No, that he was good. Yeah. Um, we're at an hour fifteen. We do have to to end the show here. But do you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? No. Nah, touch on everything. Yeah, uh, don't you need to let go of Super Bowl Fifty Two? You need to let it go. You know I won't. <laughs> Other than that, you know I won't. That's like I didn't I did not live through Super Bowl 42. The one where the the one where there was 17 uh 16 and 0 helmet catch. I didn't really live through that. I was just a 7-year-old kid at the time. So that yeah, Super Bowl like 52 10, is my 42. 12, probably. I happened. That. I didn't even get to watch the game. I just woke up the next morning to a sticky note from my dad being like, "Yeah, we lost." So that, that was my that was my way of taking that all in. <laughs> Yeah. I remember I was at a Super Bowl party and then we left early and then we came back and the Giants were cel- we got home and the Giants were celebrating. Bombs. Bombs. I did yeah. I didn't even I wasn't even a football fan at the time. I was seven years old. Um so I Super Bowl fifty two is my forty two. Like the facing yeah. the Eagles and losing to them, that is something that I just I mean, I got to witness the second Giants loss. That was tough. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all tough. But yeah. one thing I guess I could say before I, we depart is I hope the best for Aaron Rodgers. I hope we get to see him in a Jets uniform at some point and play on that team. But Pats, let's take full advantage of this and let's go and like let's go for this division, baby. Hell yeah, division. All right, all right, all right. We'll <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We still have the Dolphins because Tua's brain isn't mush yet. Well, um, and the league and hates us and gets us the hardest schedule. So league hates us. Uh, I, I'm, I got to, I, I'm telling you, man, that defense and running the ball scheme the Jets were running in the first half of last year. That was a, t- that was a tough way that they were going, and it was working. So we'll see, we'll see, yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, it, it continues. But we got to end the show here. That'll do it <laughs> for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcasts and the latest coverage on the NFL. Happy week one, and we will see you next week over and out.